The scripture reading today is from 1 Peter 5, 1 through 4. Would you please stand for the reading of God's Word? So I exhort the elders among you, as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfailing crown of glory. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Julian, it was uh, 2007. Our church offices, for those that don't know or might not remember, were across the street, just a little ways north, Hampton Court, fifth floor, and you and I were close to each other. And I remember meeting you for the first time, I think we all do, and hearing that voice. Julian and I quickly began to pray regularly together either in your office or in my own. I was serving as the pastor to youth and families at the time. The transition was coming, and you and I really prayed together a lot. I want to be honest, in the early days of uh, praying with you, I think I was listening more to your voice than praying. And one time it just dawned on me that we are communing with the living God. And he is deep in my brother. I need this man in my life. And that journey began one of mutual encouragement to really do one thing. And if you don't think this is deep, you don't get the gospel. That is to abide in Jesus Christ. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That might be the hardest part of the Bible to believe is true. And that's what Julian was just saying. And he asked you, above all things, to pray one thing. Abide. That he and Christiana would abide. Abide in Christ. We're in 1 Peter. And we believe the Lord led us to this text for a time such as this. Where we feel the brokenness of our journey, maybe more than ever before. Many times over the last 12 to 18 months, as Julian has talked about going back to the Bahamas, he has said in one way or another, I don't like what I see. I don't know the land from which I came. Fair? That's the sojourn. Things change. People, all people, have fallen short of the glory of God. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. 
Lands change. People change. And we're in the midst of it. Not just in our country, but all around the world. Not only the Bahamas, Julian, but think about this nation since you came here in 1994. And think about the time you spent in St. Louis and in Memphis and then here in Dallas. And since 2007, how has our very own city changed? And what we are witnessing as a body of citizens and what we are witnessing as the body of Christ does create fear. It's unsettling to see the division that is in our country And it's unsettling to see the division that is in the church. And it is real. And we know it's real. And we come to ask the Lord, what is it you want us to do? How are we to respond? What are we to speak about? And what are we to share? And though this text really is is a charge to those leading the body of Christ, it is for all of us, all of us. And we believe in the priesthood of believers. But Julian, I want you to know, as the Lord laid this text on my heart, two very significant things went through my heart and mind. One is how well, by God's grace and for his glory, you and Christiana have done the things presented here in 1 Peter 5. And how deep the burden is for that work to continue. Here, of course, but also where the Lord is calling you. Right now, given the depth of brokenness and division and darkness in our land and in the world, we are the church. And we are victorious. And we have an opportunity to do what the world can't do because it doesn't know the one who's the way, the truth, and the life. And that is to boldly proclaim the gospel in truth, every part of it, and in love. You can't have one without the other and be obedient to the Lord. You can't. And the Lord gives us everything we need. Julian, I want to give you three simple but very profound truths taken straight from these words. And it's framed this way. What will the people that the Lord is calling you to shepherd need most from you. First, do you see what Peter is saying? He is saying, and it's very clear, shepherd the flock of God that is among you. (coughs) Julian, Christiana, thank you for the way in which you have done that in this place. And we have great confidence in our Lord that he's going to do that continually through you until the day he returns or calls you home. But how are you to shepherd the flock that he has called you to? First, be an example. 
Look with me at 5.3. Peter says, being examples to the flock. Robert Murray McShaney, a Puritan once asked, what is it my congregation needs most from me? Think of all the ways a pastor could answer that question. His response, what my congregation needs most from me is my personal holiness. What he meant by that was his identity covered in the holiness of Christ, which then motivated him to pursue holiness. Holiness is who he was, and it was who he was becoming. Julian, I believe he's right, that that's what this body has needed most from you, and it's what the people in the Bahamas will need as well. They'll see something in you. We're told this. They'll see something in you that will make them wonder, why are you responding to this the way you are? How can you be secure when the world around us is falling apart? What is it that gives you hope when things look so hopeless and dark? And what you must say first and what we all as Christians must say first is that it's our position. Not a position we hold, but our position. We are his beloved sons and daughters. That is the permanent identity that we have. So often we want to move to an idea or a thought we have or a position we hold, which is important, but it can't come first. When you talk with people right now in this incredible time in our nation, and you have different positions than they have, let them not hear what it is you believe first about a particular issue, but let them hear first what you believe about who you are in Jesus. And then from that identity of abiding in Christ, tell them what it is you believe and why. But let them know your position as a person, beloved son or daughter of Christ. And from that place, share whatever it is that the Lord has called you to share. If we live that way, people are going to ask us, why do you respond this way? I respond this way because of two things. I trust in the sovereign God who saved me from my sins. Secondly, I respond this way because that God has called me to love him with all my heart, soul, strength, and mind. And that God has called me to love others as himself. And as we trust him, it reveals the love we have for him and our understanding of the love he has for us. Julian, Christiana, continue to be that example. May people see the beauty of Christ in you. And may the people of this land see the beauty of Christ in us because of it. it's who we are. Second, Julian, and, and very briefly, examine your motives as a shepherd. Straightforward from Peter's pen, carried along by the Spirit, 
He says, exercising oversight, this is in two and three, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering. And we've talked about this. Your voice is domineering, but you are not. You are courageous because of your position in Christ. Watch your motives always. And as you have already done this morning, give God praise for your wife, for she will see what's wrong before anyone else. And what a gift, a sanctifying gift of the Spirit. Third, be an example, examine your motives, and point people every day to the chief shepherd. You see what Peter says? Verse four, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Well, Julian, first of all, the chief shepherd has already appeared. He came as a baby. He walked upon this earth. He died the death we all deserve to die. He was the suffering servant. He conquered that death. He overwhelmed death. He crushed it. He was raised from the dead. And now he reigns. And that chief shepherd is going to appear again. And when he does, every person is going to bow in every land. And every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Point people to the chief shepherd. And so this is what you must remember. You are not him. There is only one. No matter what title they give you, you and I and any other pastor or Christian leader or member of a church, none of us are the chief shepherd. There is but one. And when we remember that, we will avoid the pride that can come when people seek to elevate us. But we can also avoid the pain that comes when the sheep remind us that we're not Jesus. Julian, that is important. I don't worry much about you being a prideful man, but because of what it means to be a fellow shepherd, I know what it can feel like to try and do what I'm not called to do. And that is to carry the burdens of a people, a sheep, a flock, that only God, Christ Jesus himself, was meant to carry. Julian, you have scars. Not just the physical scars from the accidents that you've had and the surgeries you've had, but you have scars that realize or reveal that we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but we're fighting a different sort of battle. And those scars come from the enemy and the temptations that he would put before us but I also know that you have scars from the sheep that have bitten you in Memphis and in Dallas. Sometimes Julian and I show one another our scars and we pray because the sheep bite. And sometimes even in the midst of the sheep, there are those that aren't really the sheep. Satan is evil. And I don't think they mean to. But when they do, it hurts, doesn't it? I know. But you and I are not meant to gaze at our scars. 
You and I are not meant to carry the burdens and be the people that we could never be to satisfy what everyone would want us to be. We are here to abide in Jesus Christ and point people to him and him alone. Jesus is the only chief shepherd. He's the only ultimate good and great shepherd. And what a privilege that he calls his people to care for the flock, to tend to the flock. And how faithful he is to give us everything we need to do that. And my friends, it's an amazing calling that we share together. So let me close with these, this thought, Julian. During the sojourn, as we leave one place and go to another and then we return, we can see the changes that have taken place. And it's so easy to focus on the negative things that we see. You just said from your own lips, we don't like what we see. And that's how we feel, don't we, as a people. But let us not forget, God is redeeming all things. He is a God that is not finished saving his people. And so what that means, Julian, is that as you move to the Bahamas, I want you to remember this. Yes, this country looks different. Yes, this city looks different than when you first got here. But so does this church. And so, so does parts of West Dallas and other parts of the city. And so do many of the people of this church because of the faithful witness that you and your bride have had in this particular location on this sojourn. I am a different man because of you. And that's God's grace. And it's for his glory. And so this place does look different because you and your bride and your family have been here. And I hope years from now, when we look at what the Lord has done in the Bahamas, it will look different, but it will look different because of the faithfulness of God using you as an example, motivated by nothing more than an abiding relationship with Jesus and as a man and woman continually pointing people to Jesus. Never forget, and this is to all of us, our Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are the only secure reality. And yet we're all tempted to continually put our security in insecure things. May so many see the security that you have in Christ. And may thousands flock to your church and say, what is it that's different about you? And may they quickly hear you say, it's Jesus Christ. How great is our God. Father in heaven, this is a, a magnificent truth that you alone are the chief shepherd and that you have given us everything necessary that we might trust in you and have salvation for all eternity. And Lord God Almighty, protect us, cause us to abide in you and bless us as a church 
as we continue asking you to let your light shine bright from us that others will ask, what is it you believe? We pray in Jesus' name, amen.